calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry, what did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration, we can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about? It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. At Carvana, we're in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. Carvana gives you control by letting you customize your down and monthly payments. You can browse tens of thousands of cars online to find one within your budget, and you won't get surprised with any bogus fees. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to shop for a vehicle. Carvana, we'll drive you happy. Availability may vary by market. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show.
everybody, welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! We are getting into so many things here going on in the world of geekdom. We're excited to be talking about it all here on the show. And thank you all so much for uh, watching us here uh, on the Geek Buddies on the Outlaw Nation YouTube channel or downloading us. Remember, you can go and subscribe to the Geek Buddies podcast feed. It is its own podcast feed wherever you download podcasts. You get all our reviews, all our shows, everything in audio format, just in case you don't want to watch it on YouTube and deal with YouTube. You can always listen to us there. Always remember to leave ratings and comments. We're going to get into it all. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance with the Geek Buddies. For those of you who are older, uh, thanks for staying on the train. I am uh, John Rook. I am the Outlaw. I am a writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation, uh, Mikey. I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, 911, and I'm trying to think if there are any other number titles. I don't think so. And House. House. <laughs> and House. Uh, there you go. Um, well, you know, the way it works is each of us uh, presents a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves for your entertainment. Take a little bit of a break and jump into our main topic. And our main topic, and how can it not be, is that Marvel trailer and all the future Marvels, Marvel movies that it is uh, it, that it previewed and teased. So we're going to get into that on the back half of the show. But let's get into our first geek news item. Who's got it first? That would be me. <laughs> Uh, it was announced earlier this week that Finn Whitrock from American Horror Story has been tapped to star as Guy Gardner in the new HBO Max Green Lantern series. Now, we've been talking about this Green Lantern series for a while, but just as a reminder, uh, written by Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, and Seth Grant Smith, this Green Lantern series is going to reinvent the classic DC property through a story that spans decades and galaxies, uh, beginning with Earth in 1941, with the very first Green Lantern, Alan Scott, who is secretly gay FBI agent, uh, 1984, with cocky alpha male Guy Gardner, who will be played by Whitrock, half-alien Bree Jarta, and they're going to be joined by a multitude of other lan lanterns in a decade-spanning, galaxy-spanning, uh, we will see how much it spans, depending on the budget, but it's <laughs> HBO Max, so it'll probably be big. Um, so, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this, but we now know who one of our lanterns is, and it is Finn Whitrock. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Shan? Well... So he has a very impressive filmography. Like, if you sure. go to IMDb, he's been working pretty consistently for the past 15 years. Um, the only thing that I have seen him in was in Ratchet on Netflix, the Sarah Paulson mm. sort of prequel to uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Based off of that, I was not the biggest fan of this casting announcement. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, I mean, and, but, 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 but and to be fair, the show Ratchet, which is, I'm basing it, entirely everything on that the yeah. show ratchet i thought was great at the beginning and it really kind of petered out at the end mm -hmm. and i don't know if i'm maybe not necessarily so, so it was a ryan murphy show oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Right. i don't know if i'm wasn't a fan of his work <laughs> or this character so mm -hmm. i'm curious to see I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, the people that are making these decisions are the same people that cast Grant Gustin as The Flash, that cast Stephen Amell as Green Arrow. So, I mean, they they have a they have a good track record. But my gut reaction is, uh, uh I 
I wish they would have gone with somebody else. But I could be proven wrong, and I hope I am. Let's take a look at this face. It's a punchable face. So I kind of like the idea of him being Guy Gardner. I'm kind of on board with it because I look, I'm I'm biased about Guy Gardner because Just League International is how I got into Guy Gardner during the J, J.M. Dematis De, De run. What he did, he really kind of introduced me to Guy Gardner. And that's always been my Guy Gardner that I've, I've uh, enjoyed. And I know he's a jerk. He's a, a dick. He's an asshole in the comics and he's made some really inappropriate comments, really off color stuff for sure. But most of the times he does do the right thing. So it's an interesting and challenging role for Whitrock to take on. I liked him in last black man in San Francisco. I liked him in, I remember him in Noah. I liked him in Judy, the one that Renee Zellweger won the Oscar for. So I've enjoyed his work, but he didn't really stand out in his work. So this will be an interesting um, role for him to take on. Because it is a high-profile role. People have very strong opinions about Guy Gardner and whether he should even be transferred to the big screen or the small screen. Uh, we go to you, Michael Vogel. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't really have an opinion on him as an actor one way or the other. I do think he he looks right uh, for a young Guy Gardner. I think he's I think he's a decent actor. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I am more really curious. Uh, I understand why given the world that we live in right now, uh, you would want to lean into a Guy Gardner mm. as a character that says a lot about a lot of the things that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you can stick that landing and make Guy Gardner someone that we like uh, is is going to be interesting. Like I've always found Guy Gardner to be more fun as part of an ensemble where he can do his Guy Gardner thing and there are other saner uh more progressive voices in the room <laughs> to counterbalance him. Uh, Guy Gardner being, uh, you know, so and and maybe that is what Bree Jarda is going to be. Maybe that's what some of these other lanterns that are going to come into the show are going to be. So I'm I'm by I get why Guy Gardner is an interesting choice, and I'm more intrigued by this show going with Guy Gardner than I would be if it was another Hal Jordan or a Kyle Rayner. So I like it, but I'm very very curious to see how they're going to stick this landing. Do you think we're getting, like what we get with Superman and Lois, that kind of MAGA character? Is he going to essentially represent that section of the fandom? And we can't deny that there are those people in the fandom of all these uh, superhero shows and superhero projects. Do you think that's what Guy Gar the role Guy Gardner is going to fill? Well, yes and no. I think that he's set in the 80s. I mean, I, I know what you're saying and to yeah, what yeah. you're saying, to what you're saying, yeah, probably. More but I mean, like, like in, 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 in Superman and Lois, they're hitting sort of all of the MAGA uh, beats in Lana Lang's husband right. Uh, right off the bat because there are people that are living in a modern day world that are dealing with the modern day struggles. Yeah, the yeah. 80s, you get to have someone who, um, I guess I would say, you have a little bit of leeway to be more tone deaf because most people in the 80s were tone deaf compared to where we are today. Sure. Um, so I think that, that, you know, putting Guy Gardner in the 80s is probably smarter than trying to take Guy Gardner and place him in 2020 where he would be telling you about QAnon. So, I mean, I think that there, you know, it's probably smarter to set him back in his own time. But again, I so I do think they're going to use him to... I would imagine less than getting into the politics of things, he's gonna be your typical 80s hero. He's gonna be macho and masculine and full of testosterone and think that guys are 
right all the time and that girls should uh, listen to their men. And so I think he will represent sort of that kind of thing. Wait a minute. It, 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 was, it wasn't, that's, you're talking the 50s and the 60s, pal. It wasn't necessarily, the, was your mom just listening to your dad in the 80s when he was when they were together? Is that what I, she was doing? The last I, was I talking, checked, there were some I was, strong women in the 80s. I'm just saying. Sure. I was talking about the 80s action hero. And if we go back and watch 80s action oh, movies. That's fair. That's you. Fair. With You're few right. exceptions, You're Ripley right. and Aliens, Sarah Connor, there's definitely exceptions, but the 80s action hero mold of cinema, which I think Guy Gardner will kind of fall into, um, was pretty clear in masculine and feminine roles. I'm not going to argue that. You're absolutely right on that, for sure. Uh, Shannon, any final words on this uh, Guy Gardner choice? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think what Vogel said is right. I think they're going to lean into the red-blooded American maleness of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, this this guy is is a pilot. He's an astronaut. Um, he probably eats a lot of porterhouse steaks. Um, my, my Cigars. Guess, yeah. My guess is when the ring finds him that his journey is probably going to be uh, becoming a little more understanding of not just the people that he's surrounded with, but but right. the galaxy that he's surrounded with. And will he want to even be a green, a green Lantern and have to care about people, have to help people? That's the thing, too. And remember, the 80s, we had Republican presidents all through the 80s, from 80s to 90. It was Reagan and then into the first term of George Bush. So he could be representing a strong portion of the conservative movement from the 80s. So that's all possible and an interesting wrinkle to be throwing in to these shows, which I like. I like the guts of it as long as they don't throw it in for just fodder and they actually use it to explain. Because there's enough to skewer on both sides, ladies and gentlemen. That's for damn sure. Um, all right. Who, who's got the next thing? Me? That would be you. All right. And, and do we have any more notice on when this was coming, Mike? Do we know when uh, Green Lantern we, is coming? We do not. So we will okay. keep you posted as casting announcements and, uh, and release announcements are... Uh, Released. Announced. Yeah. Announced. So That's the word. There it is. That's the one. There it is. Announced. Kabang. Kabang. Uh, well, all right. Well, let's speak of the DC uh, universe and challenging uh, uh, situations here. Let's move on to the story that broke this morning on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that have been building up about Michael B. Jordan possibly playing a Superman in a new version of Superman from WB and DC. He was, uh, you know, he's got this film out now on Amazon Prime called Without Remorse, the Tom Clancy film. I may be reviewing that. We'll see later on the week in the channel. Uh, but he was asked about it. He said, I'm flattered that people have me in that conversation. It's definitely uh, a compliment. I'm just watching on this one. So that's not a no. That's not a no. And this is a source to say J.J. Abrams, who is producing the film, is not among the possibilities being considered to direct this film. That's a good thing. Uh, Tanahisi Coates is writing the screenplay with Abrams producing. But insiders, uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, are saying that Warners and DC are committed to hiring a black director to tackle what will be the first cinematic incarnation of Superman featuring a black actor with one source adding that putting Abrams at, the, Abrams at the helm would have been, quote, tone deaf. So there's a lot of people to look at here. Stephen Cable Jr., who certainly took over for Ryan Coogler in the Creed series. That's a possibility. Some people mentioned Regina King after One Night Miami. J.D. Dillard, Shaka King, a lot of people are mentioning as well. So there's a lot of conversation about this. 
Uh, and the uh, script is not supposed to come until mid-December later on this year. They're not rushing into it just yet. They're exploring it. But, Michael, I go to you. Uh, first of all, what's your thoughts on this? And second, we have a black Superman in the comics already, don't we? So do you think they'll go the Clark Kent route or the other route? Well, it sounds like from the article, and I could be completely wrong on this, that yeah. what, what Tanahasi Coates is doing is sort of redoing the Superman myth. He's not trying to, and again, this is completely just the way that I read this. I could be a thousand percent wrong and he's off writing it and won't be done until December. So who knows? But yeah. it sounds like they are retelling the Superman story with a black Superman, not going, this is an alternate Superman. This is a different Superman. This is a black yeah. guy with Superman's powers. Like they are going, this is the Superman story, but retold for a new generation with, uh, with an, with an added wrinkle to it. Um, which I think is interesting. I I would be more interested, you know, I mean, to me, it feels like, to your point about a black Superman in the comics, you know, they've definitely, DC and Marvel and all of them have, have, have gone down the road of, well, in Earth 923, right. there's a black Superman, or in this <laughs> dimension, or in that dimension, and we see a black guy in the Superman costume, and we're like, that is interesting. But to me, if you're going to go do this... Like, go all the way. Like, don't yeah. give me um, a new Superman. Like, tell me this story and tell me how this story is different for the... Like, there's a big difference no matter when you set this. If you set this as a period piece or if you set it today, there's a big difference with a family adopting a white kid in Kansas and a family adopting a black kid in Kansas. Yeah, like, that... True. Before you even get anywhere else in the story, that automatically changes that story and I think seeing the classic story that we all know uh, of Clark Kent landing on Earth from Krypton, uh, being adopted by the Kents, um, yep. with that one change made, is really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and look, Ta-Nehisi Coates, he knows, his, he knows his comics. Like, his great run on Black Panther, really, really cool run on Captain America, like, really good comic book writer. So him, him sort of bringing his expertise... Uh, as a comic book aficionado, as well as an amazing black writer um, to this story, I think is I, I think this is all really interesting. I yeah. hope DC doesn't screw it up. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Shannon, let me get your thoughts on, first of all, Michael B. Jordan, possibly being a black Superman, the idea of the black Superman overall. What do you feel about that and 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 the people behind it? What's your feeling about it? And it being said at DC, obviously, uh, Warner Brothers, rather, and how that could play out. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is is a spectacular actor. So anything that he is attached to, automatically the entrance the interest is bumped up. If you, when you have him potentially, uh, even though right now he's saying he's not doing it, you have him potentially taking on the role of Superman, especially being the first black actor. Like there, there, there will be a lot of eyes. There will be a lot of interest mm. on the project because he's directing Creed three. Though, like, does this? Will this happen? It, He's saying no right now. In terms of the team involved, I mean, uh, Abrams, he, he's taken a lot of knocks in the last few years. A lot of, a lot of Star Wars blame gets, gets thrown his way, or at least some Star Wars blame gets thrown his way. He was kind of in a no-win. He, he was in an unwinnable position, really. Um, I do think of his movies, I've only really enjoyed uh, uh, two of them, really. Um, his other films haven't necessarily been my thing. Like I, I did like Super uh, Super Eight, and I did like his first Star Trek movie. The rest of them, Force Awakens, 
Mission Impossible 3? You didn't like that one either? You know, I mean, once they kind of got to Ghost Protocol, I feel like that entire franchise leveled up. I mean, I think maybe he was the transition between 2 and 4, but... But I feel like when you talk about Mission Impossible as a franchise now, I mean, he may have been, he made a really good long episode of Alias with Mission Impossible 3. And that's not a knock. I mean, Alias was a a good show. Um, So having him sort of in a producer capacity, I think he's probably a great idea machine. And he's Mm -hmm. hopefully great at guiding, at guiding a project. Now, Coates, I mean, as you said, like he, he's a spectacular comic book writer um, and will be super interesting to see what direction that story takes. I mean, and will they, will it be Calvin Ellis? Will it be Clark Kent? Like they haven't said that yet. I mean, so it's, it's tough to say right now. I mean, but I'm kind of with, with Vogel. I mean, we have seen the Superman story done several times now. And what is going to make this version different? I mean, casting a black actor to play Clark Kent, that would certainly make it different. And I mean, I think one of the reasons um, maybe Amazing Spider-Man didn't connect as much as it could have, aside from some of the storytelling problems, is that we saw this, like, we saw this story. Um, mm. And Martin Sheen was amazing. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry, fantastic. Uh, Sally Field as Aunt May, great. We had just kind of seen it already. There was just sort of a, a been there, done that feel. Um, so whatever choice they make with uh, this new Superman feature, I mean, I hope it's different enough to keep the audiences interested it's incredible we have so many different supermans that have come out in the last few years i mean remember man of steel is what 2015 2013 something like that so it's not that far away and we've had 13 we've had superman and lois we've had this these different versions of superman roll through our world so um to me i i'm i'm all for this because i feel like man of steel is the immigrant story, Man of Steel, is the person who is displaced story. Like, there's something really powerful in that story, and you can still have the Richard Donner as a different approach to it. And now, if you bring, as Michael, you brought up, what I think is an excellent point. You bring up the fact, okay, the black experience as Superman in this country, what that would be like, what a new approach he would have about the world. And if he's your Superman, and I agree, don't cop out and put him on Earth 2 or some shit. Make him the central Superman because you're not going back to Cavill. It's very, very clear you're not going back to Cavill. And if you install him into the Justice League, you've got a very diverse, representative Justice League to play around in. And I think that's exciting on so many levels for me. Uh, Mike, you were going to say? Uh, no, I mean, the other their big question mark uh, is, and I can't remember if the article touched on this or not, is, um, yeah. is this is this Superman in the Flashpoint, right. th- this is part of this whole thing, or is it more of like the Matt Reeves Batman and Tom Phillips Joker that is like, we are over here and we are our own thing. Like, is this Superman going to be its own singular Superman story, or is this a Superman that is going to end up uh, interacting with Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller and uh, Michael Keaton and everybody else. And yeah. that that also is going to be, it could be interesting either way. Like, I think in the same way that Matt Reeves is getting to tell his sort of singular Batman story, if this becomes like a singular Superman story that is a very specific thing that yeah. has a point to make as a, as, a, as a movie or as a series of movies, it could be interesting. But also seeing a black Superman interact with the whole team and become part of the Justice League, to your point, 
would also be interesting. So I'm just, it, it's, you know, Warner Brothers in DC, and we, as we've talked about, and I'm sure I'll say it when we get to our main topic, uh, <laughs> you know, they've got a lot of ground to make up, and yeah. it's theirs to lose. They've got the stories. They've got the characters. They clearly have the fan base. Yeah. Uh, and and with the, the, these next few moves that they make, with the Flashpoint, with these movies, with this Superman story, um, they can either uh, leap a tall building in a single bound and make up a lot of headway and catch up, or they can fall further behind. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and we'd be remiss not to... One last thing, and I know we got to move on, but one last thing here. Uh, it, it's hard to avoid what some, some people already responded, because I, I put this on Instagram. Some people responding, oh, this is a WB cover-up. Like, this is them to, PR move to try to, uh, you know, paper over what happened with Ray Fisher, with what with Ava DuVernay. There's a lot of a lot of people pushing back on this. And, of course, other people saying, I want my Cavill as Superman, which I think we need to start moving on from. That is not going to happen. <laughs> oh! Okay, maybe not. I, uh, but- that really wasn't. That re- <laughs> you know, like when something happens, you know, like like I, I like I, I sip my coffee and I cough right as you said that, and I was like, well, god damn it! Now in the comments, everyone's gonna be like, why do you hate Cavill so much? <laughs> I don't know if you knew, but Cavill and Vogel are friends. He's actually oh, off I'm camera sorry. right now. Right now, so that's that's kind of how Vogel, why Vogel just, reacted the way he's he did. He's just lifting. Right I will camera. tell you. I will tell you right now that if Cavill was off camera right now i would not be on camera i'd be like bye guys i, I got i got some stuff i gotta take care of Peace. i gotta leap i gotta leap a tall building no this this whole thing this whole thing here do you what do you think about it though i mean do you think that they are uh do you think this is more pr because i mean we're getting the latino blue beetle we've got uh supergirl is going to be latina uh, you know as well so do, do can we can both things exist at the same time can they have fucked up the ray fisher situation but also legitimately want to move more diversity into their superhero world as well isn't are both possible yeah i mean they are i look here's the way that i look at it i think it's great that marvel without any bad pr decided to step into a more diverse world True. if warner brothers way to step into a more diverse world is to have egg on their face and go, wow, we really screwed this up horribly. We should make some moves to be better. At the end of the day, they're still making better choices. Uh, And ultimately, I think, particularly with Superman, I don't think that, you know, telling a black Superman story with a black writer and a black actor playing Superman and a black director uh is just a pr move you're putting you're putting one of your big crown jewels up there and you are banking on the fact that this is going to be big for you uh monetarily i think shannon's right they kind of know that they've been to the superman well a couple times and they can't just do another superman reboot um and i think that combined maybe with the fact that they realized that they handled the ray fisher thing and some of these other moves and ava duvernay's movies kind of piss poorly uh, and maybe if all those things combine to give us a really cool, interesting Superman story that speaks to our time and a lot of the things that we're dealing with, then, yeah, would it have been better if you had just gotten there on your own? Sure. But if you had to get there kicking and screaming a little bit, fine. We still got there. Progress is still progress. Shannon, what do you right. think? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you can say this with any studio, but especially when you have a have a, have a a studio like Warner Brothers DC that is mm-hmm. kind of playing catch up to Marvel, everything they do is going to be reactionary. Um, and I, I would hope that these moves are not reactionary off of Ray Fisher, that they saw a need and that they saw a need for, uh, 
more diversity on the screen and that's how they wanted to get there but it doesn't the timing is the timing is suspicious yeah. um but as vogel said it, like if you're making the right decisions does it matter how you got there as long as the right decisions are being made yeah i don't know and, and they're not hiring like all white writers to write like they're bringing a ton of hasty coats and there's a and you think Tanahisi Coates gonna get duped by the studio if he didn't feel they were legitimate in making the I think we have to create space for that too. Criticism valid. Lord knows I've had I've I've been in that train as well to criticize them for how they handled the Ray Fisher situation. But by the same token, you have to give a little bit of credibility that they're going out to the people who have a reputation and are incredibly talented to bring this story to life. Well, so I mean, I think I know we have to move on, but I think that. Yeah. Treating the studio the way that you would treat anybody in your family or in your friend group or on Twitter, uh, there are people that are just perfectly perfect in everything they say and they get everything right no matter what subject it is. And then there's the rest of us who are going to fuck up in things that we say. And as yes. whether that be whether that be race issues, whether that be uh, sexual orientation issues, LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues, trans issues, whatever it is. We've got to make space for the fact that people are going to say stupid shit sometimes mm-hmm. or do stupid things or say stupid things and that they can grow and change. And if that is true of human beings, that should also be true of studios. Uh, and so hopefully they get their shit together. So yep. Warner Brothers, please get your shit together. <laughs> well said. Uh, all right, Shannon, what's our last geek news item before we take a mini break to before we jump into our main topic? What do we got? Well, we'll jump into this real quick. We just had okay. we just had three three. I'm 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 surprising jo- uh, Johnny and Vogel with this third one. Oh. Uh, we had three little bits of fun MCU stuff pop uh, pop up just with it today. They had they uh, uh, Tom uh, Hiddleston, Hiddleston? Um, mm-hmm. released a fun little video on YouTube where they announced that uh, Loki is breaking the mold and not going to be streaming on Fridays. It will be streaming on Wednesdays. And along with that, they released a little 40, 45 second clip um, of, of Loki, where you're getting to see more of the dynamic between him and Owen Wilson. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, but I mean, Mm. it is very, very funny. Um, Kevin Feige spoke with uh, uh, Rolling Stone and he did confirm that yes, originally Dr. Strange was going to be in the end uh, of WandaVision. And what I thought was really, really cool is originally the commercials had been designed to be messages Strange was trying to get to Wanda. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. But then he said by the time they got to the end of it, like they had actually worked the deal out with Cumberbatch, like he was going to appear in the show. Um, They had realized like, oh, having Strange come in and save the day kind of takes away from Wanda's story ultimately, and that's not what they wanted to do. Um, and lastly, uh, Andrew Garfield did an interview with Josh Horowitz on his podcast, The Happy, Sad, Confused. And he asked him, he's like, you know, the legions of Spidey fans would be remiss if I didn't ask Spider-Man No Way Home, what's going on? And Andrew Garfield, who again, tremendous actor, is just like, yes. you guys, there is nothing to ruin here. There is nothing to spoil. I never got a call for this. Like maybe they have plans. I don't know. I never got a call. And he's just like, okay, so are you saying you're not in it? And he's like, well, I feel like I've already answered that. So it was amazing diverting back and forth. But just the fact that he's saying, I never got a call. You know, I I think there's a reason that we haven't seen any footage from No Way Home yet. um, Because it sounds like when they inadvertently uh, have to release something in in the form of a trailer, uh, we're going to find out a lot more about this movie. But gentlemen... These three quick tidbits before we get to move on to a fantastic main topic. What do you think? Uh, uh, I, the, the Doctor Strange stuff makes sense, and it make and it's brilliant sense because you would have. 
I think it would have gotten skewered for having a man coming in to save a woman in a woman's story. That I think they would have taken so much crap for that. So very, very smart move. Although it could have made sense. It could have organically made sense considering it's connecting up to Multiverse of Madness. But that being said, I think they made the right decision there. Feige is smart enough to understand that. I did watch the 46-second clip as you were talking, Shannon, real quick. Really enjoyed more of the back and forth. And remember, people, I want to remind you, we're getting a Loki that is after the first Avengers. It is not the Loki who, like, lost his mom and, you know, figured things out with Thor and went to uh, went to hang out with Jeff Goldblum over there. It's none of the, It's the Loki right after Avengers. So we've got to adjust our perception of what this Loki is and what that journey is going to be like. And we do get the Bifrost Bridge, so what part is Asgard going to play in this? I'm curious to see. And as far as the last thing, the Andrew, first of all, Josh Horowitz, hope you're recovering from my TKO of you in the showdown. But that being said, uh, uh, I appreciate the fact that he put him on the spot and I don't believe a word that Andrew Garfield is saying, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So look, I'm thrilled that Loki's on Wednesdays. Uh, Disney Plus is just going to take over our entire lives. I mean, it's really going to be a wake up Wednesday morning, have to watch Loki right away. Wake up Friday, watch my episode of The Bad Batch. I mean, I am I'm very happy about all of it. Uh, the I, I echo what you gentlemen said on the Doctor Strange of it all. I think it's really great. You know, Marvel knows that part of what makes them work is having those cameos and having those connections mm. to what's coming next. And Doctor Strange, knowing where Wanda's gonna go, is a perfect cameo. And I think it speaks really highly to the direction that they're going with their storytelling, that they didn't do the thing that they know that they are known for <laughs> because it wasn't right for this story and this character. And, it, and, there, and there wouldn't have been any way. I mean, for Doctor Strange to come in and make any kind of impact, he would have had to do something major. And if he did something major, it would take away from Wanda. So I think it was a thousand percent the right move, but props to them for going against... Uh, their winning formula. So I thought that was really smart. Andrew Garfield, like all these guys, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, like I just stare at them. Like he, Andrew Garfield nailed it. Uh, if you watch the interview, he kind of says, have you ever played werewolf or mafia or murder uh, where, you know, everyone's sitting in a room and he's sitting there going, I'm not, I'm not the murderer. And everyone's like, I think you're the murderer. And he's like, I swear to you, I'm not the murderer. And I have played murder and I'm watching him and I'm like, sir, if we were playing murder right now, you're, You're the murderer. The murderer. <laughs> you are the murderer. Um, so I, I, you know what? We and it is now like we could all be Mephisto'd on this. Like we're gonna see this movie, and Electro and Doc Ock are gonna show up, and there's gonna be no Tobey Maguire and no Andrew Garfield. And if that's the case, I am totally fine with it. But for right now, I'm like watching him, and I'm like, murderer. <laughs> I'm calling it murderer. Also, he said he never got a call. It doesn't mean he didn't get a text. He didn't well, get an email. He didn't get somebody. You know, and that's the other part that's so telling. It's like if you really, it's like it's the, it's like that super. Like I feel like I'm watching like the political debates. Like he was like, he was like, so you're saying you're not in the movie? And he's like, I feel like I said that. I didn't get a call. And I'm like, those words that are coming out of your mouth are not the words that you were asked. <laughs> just because just because your agent got the call and emailed you and said, hey, Marvel wants you in, and you are technically telling the truth right now, get out of here. Murderer! J'accuse! <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, any final words on this? No, man. I'm just, I'm just excited to see. I'm just excited to see how this all shakes out. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. these, these rumors start for a reason. Some of them don't pan out. Some of them do. So 
50-50 right now. 50-50 that we don't get Mephisto on this. Yeah, the bigger ones <laughs> usually do pan out. The bigger ones usually do. So that's why I think it is going to happen. But I will say this, a quick prediction before Loki even debuts. I have a feeling this is going to be the best of the three that we've seen so far. I just have this vibe. I don't know about you guys, but it feels that way. When they release that initial uh, 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 glut of Disney mm. Plus previews, Loki was the one I was probably the least interested in. And then yeah. after watching just a little bit of footage, I was like, oh, this seems okay. This seems yeah. like it might be my favorite. I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier went from my most anticipated to my least anticipated. Hmm. Uh, and it and Loki flip spots. Okay. Sure. Yeah, like- it's. It, I loved WandaVision. So mm-hmm. uh, if it can beat WandaVision, I'm going to be really happy. But I think it definitely has the potential to. Uh, I think that Tom Hiddleston kind of owns Loki now. He gets Loki. He understands Loki. He's surrounded by just an amazing cast. And I think we've talked about this and we'll probably talk about it in the next segment, but Marvel embracing the weirder parts. You know, Mm. remember, we live in an era where uh, we used to, like, shy away from comic book accurate costumes and, like, everything had to make sense True. in a different way. And Marvel, the more the second that they put a talking raccoon and a talking tree on screen and it worked, they were like, fuck it, let's go. And the weirder, <laughs> the weirder they get and the more they go into the crazy stuff in the comic book universe and bring it to the big screen, it's working for them. And Loki definitely, as weird as WandaVision was, definitely is stepping into weirder territory. So I think it's going to be awesome, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We'll see. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into our main topic on the other side of this. I didn't want to cut off. It's the best one. They should just really have you just do it. Now, every time a Marvel movie comes on, I just want to hear you just doing that. You know when Deadpool 3 comes out, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Ryan Reynolds doing that. What? You think so? That's totally a prediction. Uh, All right. Well, uh, uh, a few days ago, I think Monday morning, as we're recording this, uh, Marvel woke us all up with this incredible almost four-minute trailer that was an homage and an ode to the movies and going to the movies and all the great scenes we've seen from Marvel with a Stan Lee uh, voiceover. And then they teased all this stuff that's coming. We got some Eternals footage. We got Wakanda Forever as the title for the next Black Panther movie. We got the what uh, Ms. Marvel, oh, the Marvel, the Marvels. Marvel, sorry, the Marvels as all three Miss, uh, all three Captain Marvels and Ms. Marvel are coming together here in that situation. Uh, and we got a tease of Fantastic Four. We even got more Black Widow footage than we'd had before. So, uh, sorry, that we've seen in the past. So a lot was uh, uh, put out here. Uh, gentlemen, what did you think of the trailer? What did you think of what was teased? And what was your the thing that excited you the most out of all of this? Whoever wants to go first. Oh, so waking up and checking Twitter and seeing that, you know, the first footage from the Eternals is out. I was like, oh, my God, I can't I can't wait to see this. Um, and then as it started, there was a there was a slight dis- disappointment because I was like, oh, this isn't the trailer. But then as soon as Stanley <laughs> starts talking and you're getting these these clips from these, you know, sort of beloved films. And by the time they get to Endgame and they're using that footage from opening night of the crowd reacting to everything yeah. I mean, that that is I will still YouTube that I, I will go to Endgame Heroes Return Reaction. 
Yeah. And I can I can lose an hour easy just going through and just watching different reactions. Um, yeah, there's just something heartwarming uh, about the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. And then as they started to show a little bit from Black Widow, a little bit from Shang-Chi, we see this gorgeous, gorgeous cinematography from Eternals. And even though uh, uh, Nomadland was a very bleak movie, you see like, oh, this is this is the same set of eyes that, that made that. And then you start to see these titles th- throw, uh, show up. And the, the oh, goodness, the Black Panther one, <laughs> that one got me. Because, uh, you know, as of right now, I mean, no, not as of right now. I mean, they've said they're not going to recast. Him. And I know there's a lot of mixed feelings about that amongst the fan base because there are so many people that adore the character of T'Challa. Um, but that title is just so like th- this world, this, this is such a big world and we're not, we're not done exploring it yet. And the Marvel's title, that was great. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder if that was always the plan to call it that, or if it was like they, they saw the reaction that Toyota Paris got in one division. They're, they're looking at the work that's being done on the Miss Marvel Disney plus show. It's like, all right, it's time. We have to make this, we need to make this a three-hander. We need to make this three leads for this movie. And then just the four at the end. I was like, oh, that's... Uh, I wish we would have gotten a date, but, uh, but you know, you can look at the uh, unscheduled... Or not unscheduled, but the uh, uh, unreleased uh, Marvel movie titles for 2022 and be like, all right, it's probably going here. Uh, it was awesome, man. I mean, it was just it was just such a great... It was such a great way to start the day. And I have gone back and watched it many times since. Yeah, Michael, we got more Shang-Chi footage. Uh, we got all these movies, the new Spider-Man film. We got the Doctor Strange 2 film. We got the Thor film, Black Panther 2. As we said, the Marvels, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Volume 3, and then Fantastic. All the dates were laid out. This is seven movies in a 12-month calendar period. I remember when doing two Star Wars movies, people lost their minds. But seven Marvel movies plus these Disney Plus TV shows. What's your uh, what's your reaction to the trailer? What's your thoughts about all this happening in a twelve month period? I mean, Marvel 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 has this unique ability to both punch you in the face and hug you at the same time, <laughs> and that's how I felt. That's how I felt Monday morning because, to Shannon's point, I mean, look. You you have Stan Lee talk, and I'm going to get choked up. Like, that's just going to happen. You have Stan Lee talk about we're all one big family uh, after the year that we as a globe, year and a half that there's a globe that we've all been through, and I'm going to be an emotional wreck. Then you show me the audience cheering when Sam says on your left. I'm like, what are you doing to me? Like, why are you doing this? I get it. I've already been to the movies. You don't have to convince me. I'm excited to go back. Why are you making me cry? Then they're just like, oh, by the way, here's everything that's coming out. And like, it was just, it was like, I, I, I feel, I feel like my couch like scooted back three inches as I was watching it just from the like, holy shit. Um, it was, it was amazing. You know, it, it a little just it, as we've talked about, like with WandaVision kind of being the first thing out of the gate with Disney Plus, which ended up kind of probably being a really cool move for them and the right way to start off yeah. phase four. This is similar. We weren't originally supposed to have all of these movies back to back to back to back, but like they've got the movies. They're there. 
And honestly, as much as we've talked about, and we talked about it from the beginning of the pandemic, are people going to go to the movies? Will people still feel comfortable? What is going to happen to cinema? You know what's going to get people back into the movies? That many Marvel movies in under a year. Like, we are just, we're all going to go. Um it was great. I mean, to Shannon's point, it was like it was like the it, the trailer just kept going. Like uh, we, my, our, our friends, make fun of me. Uh, one of my favorite things that is guaranteed to make me cry is a movie montage. Like mm. you show me a movie montage, that Love Actually music swells, the Forrest Gump music. You show me everything from like Citizen Kane to Aliens, and like oh, you put it all together, I'm gonna be a mess. And this year at the Oscars, I got no movie montages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, what? apparently Soderbergh does not agree with me on the montage front. Ugh. So I was very sad. I was like, you know what I miss? I miss a good movie montage. And then here comes Marvel. A few days later, it's like, we got you, boo. And they gave me this montage that just hit all the feels and then reminded us of everything that's coming. Uh, I mean, we could talk about, you know, like you said, we got more Black Widow footage, which I thought was great. A little bit more Shang-Chi footage. The Eternals footage Real, real interesting, combined with the fact that Kevin Feige uh, in, was it Rolling Stone or Variety, basically confirmed that Gemma Chan's uh, character of Circe is basically the main character. So we're starting to get a lot more information. In addition addition to seeing some of the footage and knowing what we know about the cast and who's playing who, now knowing that Gemma Chan is kind of the the leader or the, the, the lead role of the movie... Uh, I'm just dying to see more. And then, yeah, it's not like we didn't have most of the information that we got, but like just seeing those dates just come up one after another, after another, after another. Um, Marvel's interesting. I kind of agree. Not sure if that was originally the title or if they're looking at that now and going like, yeah, that's got to be the title. But that's really great. And yeah, then Wakanda Forever just after everything else that came out and I was like, boo. (laughs) <laughs> it just just hit me. And then Fantastic Four, uh, just, you know, the mind is racing as to yeah. what that's going to be and how it's going to be. Uh, the last thing I'll say, I know I've been talking like for uh, 30 minutes, but like Ooh. the last thing I'll say is um, what I think is, again, what's great about them, and we've said this, but watching it all stacked up against each other is so cool, is that they've got Fantastic Four. They've got yeah. the mutants. They know that every one of us cannot wait to see Reed Richards on the big screen, to see Wolverine, Professor X, Storm, whoever it is going to be, that we can't wait. And they are still taking a beat to go, we got Shang-Chi, we got the Eternals, we've got these other things that are important to us to do. And not only is that good because of the representation, not only is that good because they're giving us new stories and new characters, but those stories, particularly the Eternals, are going to just like change the entire uh, direction of the Marvel universe in a way that like who knows what's going to happen? Mutants, like we know the mutant story, and even though I'm sure they'll do it really interesting, uh, we know we know more or less what that is. Fantastic Four, I'm sure it's going to be interesting, but we know that they're space explorers. We know they get into this stuff, but some of these other elements that they're uh, throwing in there, who the fuck knows where Marvel's going? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I love seeing the Eternals footage, and listen. Uh, this was I was reading a breakdown of it uh, a little bit uh, yesterday, and the way they pointed out, they don't mention Chloe Zhao uh, in there because, of course, she just won the Oscar, so they don't have time to put that in as they drop this almost a few days afterwards. But the the cinema, the shots that they included, 
show you that this is going to be an incredibly well-directed film. Feige spoke already, but of course, it's yeah. his job to promote it. And, but, but there's an honesty to what he's talking about when he describes how much he was overwhelmed and blown away by Chloe Zhao's direction for this movie, for Eternals. And these shots we got were so beautiful. I mean, the sunset shot was beautiful, or sunrise, wherever that, whenever that's happening, that ceremony, the shot of them in battle from way up here, uh, and of course, seeing Dina's sword, Angelina Jolie whipping that sword out was badass. It's a lot of alphas, male and female, you got in this castle. This is going to be very interesting. Salma Hayek, Gemma Chan, and Angelina Jolie, not to mention Richard Manikumel, Najani, Liam McHugh, and others. So to me, this is what I came away from. It's like, oh, a little bit extra footage, a little bit of stuff. We've been delayed on this one, so I'm excited now to see what more we're going to get. Wakanda Forever certainly very emotional, but I also think that title can be taken so many different ways. Is it an uh, is it a is it a film that's going to honor T'Challa and honor Chadwick Boseman and honor this kind of stuff? Or is it that Wakanda is being attacked? So all these tribes that were fighting to see who was going to be in, in power uh, uh, come together to fight for Wakanda because that's more important than who is leading them at the time. The internal squabble gets put away because the outer bigger squabble has to be handled. So I'm excited uh, overall to see what that title means. And of course, the Marvels one had me just super excited, especially when you get what spectrum or pro, a photon, whatever her lower right there in the middle of the A. I was like, Oh, oh, oh let's play. So, uh, so much. Ex and the S of course, in the Ms. Marvel. So I'm excited on so many levels of how they're approaching this. Uh, and yeah, it was part. And you're right, Shannon, fucking Stanley's son of a bitch. I just got all, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there like, cause my girlfriend, like my girlfriend's fast asleep at seven 30. Mike and Shannon, I rolled over. <laughs> just rolled over. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to wake her. So, you know, uh, <laughs> what else? She's like, about she's like, she's like, what are you, what are you crying? You're like, I'm just so happy to be here with you. <laughs> you're the best. I love you. I love you, man. I love, I love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> what else stood out for you guys mikey or uh, shannon well i think the amount like I, I thought it was probably as frustrating as it was uh mm. i think it was probably the right move to hold on to that spider-man that spider-man footage because oh, yeah. i think oh, you yeah. know, they're, they're they're i think they're they're probably done shooting it and the fact that when they show this footage, like, again, whatever this movie is going to be, is probably going to give away a lot. I mean, you know, yeah. it comes out in December. In a normal year, we would have gotten a trailer for this already. We certainly would have gotten a trailer for Eternals already. Yeah. Um, but this is this is uh, a unique this is a unique time we're living in. And plus, I think this is the Spidey three, the No Way Home. I mean, this is going to be unlike anything they have done. So right. I think they're probably holding playing holding those cards very close to the best right now yeah. um yeah i mean again that black panther title man because <laughs> you know we'd heard that originally like maybe namor was going to be the bad guy like they yeah. sort of they sort of dropped that mm -hmm. underwater earthquake in end game like oh is this atlantis is will that have been changed because of chadwick boseman's passing yeah. i don't know i mean your your story you lose your lead your story can completely change. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that they didn't, I thought for sure it would have been, it would have been delayed further down the road than it was just because of COVID. I thought for yeah. sure that was going to happen. But they're holding with that date, that next July. So yeah, I mean, right now, like Wakanda Forever and the Marvels, those are the ones that are, you know, that's, that's the new, that's the new toy right now. <laughs> I think we all are clamoring to get out of the package. 
Uh, I'm going to throw this. Oh, go ahead, Mikey. Go ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I think that the, the main thing I took away from it is how good they are at making the most out of very little. Oh. And, 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 and by choice, like, to your point, they could have dropped the full Eternals trailer. They could have dropped a ton of footage that I'm sure they have. But they dropped, you know, a, a couple new shots for Black uh, Widow, a couple new shots for Shang-Chi. <laughs> very few shots for Eternals and this uh, dates that we sort of already knew most of them and a couple new logos and the entire world exploded. Yeah. Like the entire, the, and it's because they've earned a level of faith and trust as we were just not, I mean, I know I always pick on Warner brothers, but I'll pick on Warner brothers again. But as we were just talking about, as we were just talking about, like there's so many questions around Flashpoint and around what is part of this universe, what's not part of this universe, is this Superman going to be this or its own things, and there's just a lot of confusion about around what is what and where are they going. And with Marvel, it's less confusing. And you don't have to like everything Marvel does, and they definitely don't always hit it out of the park, and some things don't work, and that's all to be expected, but. With Marvel, it's less, I, I'm confused, I don't know what's what, and it's more conjecture about how is this all going to fit in. But after the decade that we've had, they've earned a level of trust that it's going to fit in. We know that they know how to put these pieces together. So when they say, here's these seven movies, we're like, yeah, I don't really know what all's going on, and I don't know how this is going to go, but fuck, man, you got me to Endgame. I'm on board. Let's ride. Let's go. Yeah. Two, yeah, two, uh, uh, so to speak. I will say, uh, uh, I think, um, um, I feel like uh, we're not seeing a lot of Rachel Vice in these in this footage. So I'm still. What is that noise? Is that the is that the dog? That oh is that is God. that is Bosco. <laughs> Bosco, aka Crypto the Super Dog, is, uh, <laughs> is ready for his walk and is not happy that we oh. are geek buddying right now. Oh, sorry, Bosco. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, I, I, I've noticed that we don't see a lot of Rachel Vice in the trailer. So to me, I'm like. Oh, we see I'm, plenty of her in her Taskmaster outfit. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm still in her being the villain in this thing. So I think even more so after watching the footage, especially because they're in white, she's in black. It just got, and, and we saw those women outside the training area. We saw those KG, KGB type women outside now, finally, and they're all in black. So I think it's pretty obvious she's a villain. Okay. I mean, I'm going to tell you, when she came out on stage at Comic-Con a thousand years ago and they were like, oh, Rachel Weisz, I was like, Taskmaster, Taskmaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think the shot, yeah, all of it. Never mind. Uh, we'll just keep going. I think it's fantastic. It's going to be great. We'll see what happens. Fantastic four. I'm of the mindset that the train has left the station on John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. I feel like they're going to go younger. Do you think that's true, or do you think Krasinski and Blunt are still very much definitely possibility, possibly going to be Reed Richards and Sue Storm? What do you guys think? It it could go either way. I, I would say this. I think that if Reed, Richard, Sue, Johnny, and Ben are in our universe, yeah. I think they are going to go younger. If this is going to lead to some giant, I was going to say lead to a multiverse. We're already going to get the multiverse. But like, mm. if they come from some other reality, they could be older. Like, I, I, we as fans are going to hold on to this Emily Blunt, John Krasinski thing as long as we can. I, I don't think it's super likely, but you never yeah. know. Like, you know, like they Marvel, Marvel does a great job with their casting. Uh, the two of them definitely fit into the mold of the type of, 
uh, actor and actress that Marvel wants to cast. And I think that's why the rumors kind of stay strong. They're both, they're both super likable in, in the roles they play and right. as just people in life. Uh, so we'll see, but I don't know. I, I'm really torn on it, I think, because a part of me would love to see it and a part of me yeah. would love something completely new. Okay. Shan, do you think? Yeah. I mean, that last Fantastic Four movie that, you know, the, the they deliberately made those characters younger, go, kind of going off going off the ultimates. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that was not the reason that movie didn't work. Like that movie right. didn't work for a multitude of reasons. Um, I I would love to see John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, but if that movie comes out in twenty twenty what twenty twenty three, that means 50. they would have fifty. They're fifty. It's be too. It's I know people he's, get mad at me, but like they're long of the truth to play it. I just feel like yeah. Well, I mean, he's older than she is. Like, right, like true, he, true, he true. is a few years Very older true. than she is. But I mean, yeah, that's that's putting him in that mid forties range. Right. And depending on what their story, what what story purpose they're going to serve in the overall gigantic Marvel universe, cinematic universe that they've constructed, it's like, do you want? do you want a 45 year old who's only going to get older? Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you can certainly, is that, is that how that works? Is that how that works? <laughs> now, not trying to be ageist either. Just trying to be realistic about it. No, 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 not at all. Approach not these all. things. I want to make sure that's clear before anybody goes off in the comments. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's no, the way studios approach things. They want to go younger so they can keep you for longer. That's how it works. Yes. And we are all but, older than John Krasinski right now, so we're not being ageist at all. But I do think, but I mean, I think that's the point. Like, look at Michael Keaton. Like, you're looking at casting a new Batman for your Batman universe. Right. Bringing Michael Keaton in is not the guy who's going to be like, he's your fresh new face Batman. Right. But the way that they are using Batman ostensibly in that is to bring in that older hero that someone who can be more of a guide so similarly if you're going to introduce the fantastic four as the young new fresh-faced heroes of the marvel universe Mm. they're probably going to be younger if you need someone who is an established hero from another universe who's coming in to be like you are a bunch of young heroes young avengers and you need to understand the stakes, and I've been a hero in my dimension for X number of decades, then right. you could have a John Chris. So I guess that's my point, is that it really is story-focused. Like, if the Fantastic Four is going to be one of their big new franchises, and they want to do three of those movies and have them show up in Avengers 7 and 8, or whatever it is they want to do with them, probably younger, but if they're going to represent an older, more experienced superhero team, it could be them. So it just yeah. really all depends. I'm going to throw Henry Golding out there as a possible Richards, and I'll throw Rajay Jean Page. Now that he's left Bridgerton, my man might be looking for something. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. We shall for Mr. see. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're going to go younger. That, is, like a, that is a handsome Reed Richards. I'm just saying. Hey, nerds can be cute. I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, look at us. All right. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Let's get on out of here. Thank you all so much. Hope. Uh, you all enjoyed this episode of the Geek Buddies. We love doing it. We love hearing from you all. Thanks for all the comments you guys leave down below and all the likes that you leave on this and sharing it as well. We always appreciate it madly. Uh, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, it's Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? 
Uh, hey, it's like Stanley says, uh, we're all one big family. That person next to you is your brother. That person next to you is your sister. And we are all a bunch of geek buddies. So we're glad that you're here and we want you to stay longer. And the way that you can do that is to help us out by hitting that like button below, subscribing to John Roca's Outlaw page, leave some comments, let us know what you thought, what are you excited about, what are you not excited about, what do you hope Marvel does next? Uh, share this video, retweet it, uh, post it on your Facebook pages, text it to your mom, a couple of you guys watch Geek Buddies with your parents, we love that, it's a family oh, it's affair. Awesome. Oh yeah, we love it. Um, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Anchor or Spotify or anywhere that podcasts are available, uh, leave us some stars, leave us some comments there. It helps us go up in the rankings. And other than that, just keep being awesome. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you all so much for joining us here. And don't forget, we've got reviews coming out uh, for our Invincible. Spoiler reviews out now. If you want to hear from us about Invincible, it's out here on the channel, also on the podcast feed. We will have a, uh, and we have, I think, by the time you listen to watch this, our uh, uh, episode one, Star Wars, The Bad Batch spoiler review with our special guest, Laura Kelly, will be out as well. So enjoy a lot of geekdom this week from the Geek Buddies for sure. All right. It's all right here. That's right. It's all right here. Take care of yourselves. Be well. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $389 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease to Chrysler Capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.